0: Great. I have joined the Roomba Lifestyle. Hey, oh good. <laughs> I feel like we've spoken about Roomba on this show. I'm sure that me that we have had this conversation before.
1: I'm disappointed in you, Mike. You don't remember that I was promoting the Roomba Lifestyle a while back?
0: No, you see, I know I have spoken to you about Roomba. I just can't oh, remember right. if we have spoken about Roomba on Cortex.
1: Right. This is this is the problem where what is in the show? What is part of our two-hour chit-chat run-up to the show? Yes, or one-hour post-show chit-chat. Right? Which, oh, I which, found it. Which now. bits of those made it into the show? Yes, it was
0: episode sixty-seven.
1: I talked about getting a Roomba, and I think in that conversation, it eventually morphed into a metaphor for having employees. Uh, oh is yeah how that conversation went. yeah
0: yeah i remember that i was really uncomfortable with that <laughs> <laughs> mike
1: i don't know why you're uncomfortable with a metaphor that treats employees as though they are mindless automaton doing mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, you wish mm-hmm. i don't understand why that would make you uncomfortable but that's how that conversation went but so i'm very happy that apparently that seeped into your subconscious yep. and you decide to get a roomba it's a prime day man
0: it's 30 off on prime day
1: Oh, well, I mean, 30% off, depending on what Roomba you got, that is a that is a serious chunk of change off of a Roomba.
0: I think I got the same one as you, the 960.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think That's so. That's the that one sounds, that was in that our show
0: good. notes for that episode, right? I've just looked at it now, the Roomba 960, and it yes. has an app and it can, we can hook it into the Echo, which I really like, so I can just be like, hey, Echo, tell the Roomba to start cleaning, and it goes like, <laughs> and off it goes, <laughs> out into the world.
1: I don't have uh an Amazon Echo. I don't I don't have that in my house. I do have the HomePod and unfortunately, Roomba is not built in with HomeKit support. No. Nope. I did try to follow Jason Snell's instructions about how to set up this Homebridge thing and I got 99% of the way there in that I had like this IP address and password oh, for the Roomba. And but it was like but I was just about to go the final step and then I I had one of those moments where I always think it is so important to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And I and I was thinking, I thought, Gray, think about this for a moment. You're setting up this system on a laptop in your closet that's supposed to act as this home bridge setup thing no. forever. It's like, no. are you going to maintain this? Are you going to want to tinker around with this when it inevitably doesn't quite work? Is that really what's going to happen? And I said to myself, no, of course not. I don't ever want to have to think about this again. And I inevitably will have to think about it again. So I stopped, I stopped meters before the finish line of trying to get it set up so that I could tell the HomePod to make the Roomba go. So unfortunately, I don't have voice control of my Roomba. And there are certainly times when I would, I would want that. So I'm a little bit envious of your Alexa skill ability with the Roomba. But I don't really trust Amazon in my house
0: that much. So there Mm. will be no Alexas here. I don't want to get into that conversation today. There is stuff you can do with IFTTT with the Roomba, but that's still not going to give you the voice access that you require yet. Who knows, right? We'll talk about Siri shortcuts later. Maybe if we're lucky, IFTTT will find a way to work with Siri shortcuts, and then you'll be able to do it. Yeah, I was
1: poking around in IFTTT for a while, and the the main thing that I would want to do, which it seemed like there's no way to do it, is set up a rule where if I leave the house... And my wife leaves the house, Mm, then have the the Roomba go. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want two conditions. You can go straight to hell on Mm -hmm. if this, then that. It's not if this and this, then that. No, it's just if this, then that.
0: You actually can do two conditions now with this new tool that they have but i think Mm -hmm. it's still not going to work for two independent people i think that's too much there's no way that's going to happen can you even imagine the the horrors that would occur if you could trigger an action based upon somebody else's location
1: i don't think anything could possibly go wrong with that no that's it didn't stop me from sitting down and thinking about it for a while thinking is there anything i can do where my wife's change in location triggers something else that then if this then that can read as I I was I was just kept wondering I kept trying to think that through and there was nothing I could figure out that wouldn't require some sort of action on my wife's part and then that defeats the whole purpose of the pleasing automation of the Roomba and so I I had to give up on that eventually and we just have a regular schedule for our Roomba to go out and
0: and vacuum the flat we haven't set up a schedule yet Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're still kind of trying to work out when's the best time so I'll tell you two things Actually, it's one thing that means both results. Okay. I kind of think of the Roomba as like an animal. It's like a little pet that we have Yeah, at of course. Home. Yeah, obviously. Because it is unbearably cute, in my opinion, because it makes its little songs, makes its little sounds that it does when it starts and when it ends. Mm-hmm. But also, it kind of bumps into everything lightly. And I find that so hilarious as it's you know moving around the house and it bumps into something and it moves around and it bumps into something else it's kind of that is also very cute to me and then the same thing is both cute and annoying um, our Roomba gets trapped in rooms because what it's doing is we open the doors and we have door stops on the doors right and it's mm-hmm. finding the door it's turning and it's cleaning along the edge of the door taking the door stop with it closing the door <laughs> Uh, 20 minutes okay. later, I'm like, where's the Roomba? Oh, the Roomba's been in the dark in the bathroom for 20 minutes, thoroughly cleaning the bathroom <laughs> is what it's been doing. That's very sad. So we're currently, we're still trying, we're trying to find some new doorstops that are a little bit stronger. And I think we may have found what we were looking for. Um, We, we got this one on Amazon, but look, more testing must occur.
1: It is impossible not to anthropomorphize the Roomba because it is, it gives off the impression of trying really hard. Yes. In the vacuuming, right? like that's that's the key thing. You yeah. get this feeling like Roomba is really trying, and he does a great job—not a perfect job. But, nope. You know, he has he has problems. He's very limited. He has no arms or crab-like pincers with which to manipulate anything. He's just a little circle, but like, boy, is he really giving it his go and and there's something about the motion of it or even when the Roomba finds a spot that is unusually dirty the way it ramps up the vacuum it's like he's like oh yeah I really I really gotta scrub this
0: spot we haven't come across that yet like it was in the app it's like dirt events I'm like what is a dirt Mm -hmm. event and I looked it up it's like oh so like maybe if we dropped like a pack of rice and then just sent the Roomba out to clean it would like oh okay it's gonna get the rice for us
1: yeah or for let's say as a Theoretical example: A dog makes a big mess with its food bowl, right? Like that's a dirt event, and mm, like that's. Okay. Then the Roomba's like, okay, there's some serious business over here. Like there's tons of of food crumbs all over the place. It'll ramp up the little motor, and if it just feels like it's really, it's really giving it some elbow grease at that spot of of what it's trying to clean. And yes, it is just adorable and impossible not to anthropomorphize. And the thing that really gets me, and also I cannot believe. How well it works. Okay, so the way we set up our Roomba is we have a couch that is elevated in our main room and there's enough space under the couch for the Roomba to go. Yep. So I decided this is where the Roomba is going to live, is under the couch in the main room. So this way it's out of sight all the time. Mm-hmm. And then it just it just pops out from under the couch and goes about its business. And it it never doesn't make me feel like Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg when this little robot just pops out from nowhere and starts cleaning the floor. Like every time it just feels that way. But anyway, as the Roomba goes and does its business, it'll end up, say, like on the way other side of the house through like a zigzag pattern, you know, out one room, down the hall and in another room. And when it either decides that the job is done or as happens, it needs to go back to charge up to finish the job. I cannot believe how well it can turn around and decide, oh, I've got to go find my charger. I've got to go back back to the charger. And when I see it clearly doing its little beeline down the hallway to then turn into the main room and go right under the couch, I swear to God, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen.
0: It's like, I'm ready. Start <laughs> for that now. And then off he goes.
1: Yeah, it's it's adorable. It's like Roombas, they're almost worth it because even if they didn't vacuum, just for how cute they are. <laughs>
0: The first time we set it off, we were both just chasing it. <laughs> right? Like, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? The one thing I wished it could do, and I, and I find this a real shame that you can't do this, and I'm really hoping, I know this isn't the case, but I tell you this, and you're like, oh, of course you can, is say, Roomba, go clean the kitchen. Mm. I really wished that it was possible, because it generates maps, and I feel like it would be amazing if I could take the map that it generates zone off each area and then ask it to go clean an area because sometimes i just need it to clean the kitchen it's all i need and like mm-hmm. you can pick it up and put it down but that feels so dumb right because i have this robot right so i don't pick up and put down the robot i may as well at that point go and get the vacuum that we have and just go over it myself
1: yeah that that to me was in our first conversation we had about the Roomba was A thing I was pushing up against the way I was thinking people, people Roomba wrong, like they're treating it like it's a little vacuum cleaner. And I totally agree. If you find yourself in a position where you're picking up the Roomba and then you are taking out those little cylinders that you can use to block it off with infrared and like you're blocking off as like you should just vacuum at that Mm -hmm. point. Like that's not how the Roomba is supposed to be used like you're doing it you're getting all the disadvantages of the Roomba isn't a perfect vacuum cleaner and none of the advantages of it is an autonomous vacuum cleaner if you're like setting it up in a room that feature never occurred to me but that would be really cool if on those little maps because it clearly learns the basic gist of what
0: your house looks like over time I feel like it's not though I feel like we think it is every single time the Roomba is learning a new route Like, every time it goes out, it's just going again because it doesn't ever change. Because I feel like if it learned, it would stop bumping into stuff, but it doesn't. Like, every single time, all it's ever trying to do is go as far as it can forward, Mm. and it just does it. But we think that it's learning because the map is the same every time, but that's because our houses don't change. Like Because if it was learning anything, then you would be able to say... like open up a map, press on it, and the rumor would go there. I think it doesn't have that technology. All it's doing is relying on its sensors to tell it, I can't go any further. Because we've done this, right? Like, on its first pass, it bumps into something and goes past it. If you move that thing, on its second pass, it will clean that area. Because it didn't Mm. actually learn. It just didn't bump into anything that time.
1: Maybe you're right. I I feel like it's just the impressiveness of the return to base from a far away location always surprises me and i guess that that has fooled me into thinking it knows the house better than it really does
0: i think all it does is it knows the route it's just taken since it left
1: yeah maybe i i know i have on occasion had to move it and it can still find its way back but i th- i think you're right i think listening to you describe it it is just learning the house anew every time yeah and then it's it's just making a best guess on this run about where must it be now and then therefore where must the base be even if it's been moved in between those two
0: we do use the little um kind of beacony thing that it has that shoots out this infrared to just stop it going in a certain area because it kept pulling out or just bumping into our internet cable and at a certain point we'd be like the internet's down oh Roomba." <laughs> you did it again. So we have to use that thing around where our modem is, because otherwise it just bumps into it and pulls. Like, just does enough, doesn't pull the cable out of the wall, but it was doing just enough that it would trip the internet every time.
1: <laughs> I've I've had to use one of those beacons because they it ha, they have a mode which is great, where, which is probably what you did, where it it puts out like a little cone of protection, like mm-hmm. it said, don't come within whatever it is three feet of this of this beacon. And I've I've had to use that actually at the. Um, entrance to the recording monolith that i'm in right Mm, now because (laughs) no 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 not because of the reason that you you would think uh because i'm very i would be very happy to have the roomba come into the recording monolith and, and give it a little sweep no the reason i have to use it is because there is a doggo who when the roomba is active uses the monolith as a safe space
0: sanctuary and so
1: so i put one of the beacons at the entrance to the recording monolith so that the sanctity of the safe space is not broken by the entrance of a Roomba. and it's sort of adorable to see it come up to this black recording area and then be like oh i'm not allowed in there and seeing a pair of doggo eyes like looking out from the darkness at the Roomba. Cautiously. i completely
0: understand why an animal would be scared of the roomba because like typically moving things you know you can animals can like put up a front against them and it might learn right mm-hmm. to to not go near it but the roomba will never stop
1: yeah the the roomba will go until it bumps in and i i have seen more than one dog and roomba collision it will
0: keep advancing on the animal
1: <laughs> if i could put in a feature request it would be do image recognition on what is a pet with its little front facing camera, because yes, I, I have seen more than like the Roomba is pretty gentle. There's like they were they're not under any worries about actual injury unless, unless you had like a newborn kitten or something. Sure. Like then I would keep an eye on it. You know, but for let's say a pretty solid, smallish dog, the roomba is just gonna bump up against them, but it's it still feels like, oh, poor doggo, uh, this roomba is not gonna learn that you aren't a table or any like it's just it just never is so
0: <laughs> the Roomba is like the real alpha because <laughs> it just will never quit it will never quit
1: yeah this, that's that's why you have to use a little beacon to create a safe space from the Roomba but like I, I'm glad you got it I feel like when we recorded that first show I just had inarticulate joy at having a Roomba mm-hmm. and it's partly because like to me I don't know I. There's something about the Roomba that like, like so few technologies, I feel like it just really delivers on the promise of automation and a better future in this unambiguous way. And that's, it's one of the reasons that I just, I just love it so much because it's like, it just cleans the house. I don't have to be involved in any way. Like, you know, it just, it just does what it does. The house, always to my surprise, is obviously visually cleaner after the Roomba has run. Like, you just don't notice the little bits of dust and dirt that get on the floor, but they're there. And it's just great. Like, I don't know, there's something about it that that is just like, a. it does what it does, it gets totally out of the way, there's never really any problems with it, and it just works. Whereas, like, lots of other particularly house automation stuff, because I've been I've been trying to really up my game with house automation. And a lot of it is like, it's great, and I like it, and it's better than the alternative, but it flakes out enough to be annoying. Or you run into these weird things, like the lights in the house clearly seem to want to listen to instructions from my wife less than instructions from me.
0: What I like about it and why I think it's better than... And more, more ideal is automation than a lot of the stuff we use is the Roomba can actually be performing a productive task when mm. I am not around, where yeah. pretty yeah. much every other home automation we call home automation product is performing tasks that I could perform but just slightly more conveniently, right? Like I turn on my lights in my voice rather than pressing a switch, or mm. my lights can be any color. Or I can unlock my door using my phone rather than a key. Like, it's not really doing automation. It's like home convenience, like technology convenience. But the Roomba is true automation in that, like, I can set a schedule for it to go. But, like, the other thing is it is performing a task that is a time saving because it can happen when I'm not there and reduces my requirement to perform an action. I don't need to clean the house today. The Roomba can do it when I'm doing something else somewhere else. Like that's what I like about it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. uh, Because I was just trying to think about what other technologies make me feel this way. And and actually, the the one that was just popping up in my head is um, it's not a home automation thing, but using Hazel on the Mac. Mm -hmm. And like I, I have, like I was just like I was mentioning, I have this laptop that's just set up in the closet. And one of the main things it does is is I set up all my Hazel rules on there. So Hazel is watching folders in Dropbox for things to happen and then like renaming and sorting stuff for me. And th- that's the same feeling uh, like, oh, I can take uh, a couple of gigabytes of video, drop them in this folder, and I know that I walk away and as it syncs over the next hour, like Hazel will just take care of renaming and sorting and and basically tagging these things for me in a way and I just never have to think about it. And when I come back, it's just all done in this finalized folder. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. It's the like, it's the automation that does something when I'm not there and without any interaction from me that feels like it's truly delivering on what you want automation to be and how it improves your life.
0: This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Fracture, the company that can take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to display in your home. And they make the perfect, thoughtful gift that you've been looking for for any occasion. Fractures are handmade in Gainesville, Florida, and they're made from U.S. source materials. They are a sleek, frameless design that goes with any decor. Ordering is so simple and fractures come ready to display straight out of the box. It's so simple I actually ordered a couple of fractures recently from my iPhone. I just uploaded the pictures from my photo library on my phone simple. They even come with an included wall hanger. This is the fuss free experience that Fracture provide. Fracture is a green company. They operate a carbon neutral factory or I should say fractory which is how they lovingly refer to their place where they make these beautiful beautiful glass photos for you to hang on your wall i have a wall in my office where i've decided i am going to be hanging moments that are important to me and i also made the decision that i wanted these to look the best they could possibly look so i went with fractures because i am able to put images on my wall That is just the image. There's no frame. There's nothing around it. I want to focus on these images. So they include some personal moments that are great for me. I just got married. I'm actually going to have a couple of fractures made of some of our wedding photos. But I also have the moment when Tim Cook is standing on stage with our connected artwork. I have some pictures of some live shows. I put on my wall things that are really important to me. And that it's one of the things that I love about Fractures. They are a great addition to absolutely any home, and they make amazing gifts for family or friends. They're an incredible way to rescue important moments that are hidden away in the Photos app on our devices. Head to FractureMe.com Cortex to get started right now, see how easy the process is, and how sleek Fractures will look. And you can get 15% off your first order when you go to FractureMe.com slash Cortex, go there right now and get that 15% off. Our thanks to Fracture for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: Mike. Yep. I have some follow up for the show. Ooh. About my favorite thing the USB C spec. Uh. I just, you know, I had this whole thing. I was trying to set up my charging situation, and I thought I would use USB-C. And I eventually gave up, and I thought, no, I'm just going to go back to USB-A, and I have a nice little charging setup now. And I thought I kind of obviated the need for USB-C in my life. But I just, just two days ago, went through perhaps the most frustrating USB-C experience a human could go through. Oh. so let me let me paint this picture
0: mm-hmm.
1: there are four devices that i want to connect to each other i have device number one a macbook pro device number two an external lg monitor which runs on USB-C.
0: the apple one like the one that apple worked to OG with, LG with? That one? Yeah that that Apple yeah that Apple LG one. I feel like that's important to state, right? That like it is the one that's supposed to work.
1: Right. Yes. Right. It's the one that's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, mm-hmm. it is supposed to work, <laughs> isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I have a USB C external hard drive that will act as a Time Machine backup, and I bought another thing uh, that's designed to work with Apple. That black magic eGPU, the external GPU
0: uh, for
1: the laptops.
0: What? Mm.
1: <laughs> okay, what's that sound? What's that sound, Mike?
0: Why did you buy that? I don't understand what that's for.
1: Well, I mean, if you're going to be no. driving a virtual <laughs> truck across a landscape, an external GPU is a thing that helps with your sluggish frame rate. How oh, much yeah. was Mac how GoPro. much is that
0: black magic thing? I, I don't
1: I don't remember. I think it, uh, they were selling them in like a two for one deal or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention.
0: A two for one deal? Who's yeah, doing uh, a two for one deal? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I like
1: I split it with some other. I don't know. It was super cheap. Um, no, it it totally wasn't. But listen, that's not the point of the story, no,
0: Mike. But my point is just like for a PC, I can really help you. It would be amazing. You no, 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 Mike. Like the The
1: point of the story is I want to be a Mac gaming streamer. And, it's impossible. I've got to have a sweet, cool setup. I tried. It is absolutely impossible. No, listen, but no, listen, I've done streams with... 12 frames per second. And if I can crank that up to 20, it's like a 60% improvement. That's all I'm looking for. Right.
0: But then you're still (laughs) only two thirds of the bare minimum that people want you to be. I
1: know. Yeah, I know. Look, I know where people want me to be. I'm just like, I'm just trying (sighs) to deal with the fact that I'm not going to have a whole other opera. I'm not going to do this. So anyway, listen, that's not the point of the story. The (laughs) point of the story is I'm setting up my home office. This is the home office in my apartment. And I thought like, okay, I have a bunch of pieces of stuff. I'm going to put it together. I'm also going to get this eGPU. Like It can help with speeding up the computer a bit for some things sure, when I'm at home, sure, including sure. gaming, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's four things that I want to connect. Laptop, monitor, eGPU, hard drive. Mm-hmm. I have next to me a box full of USB-C wires. I spent an entire afternoon going through this crazy debugging process of trying to figure out which wire needs to be plugged into which device so that all four of them work at maximum capacity. And the whole thing that set off this crazy chain is that the eGPU came with this teeny tiny USB-C wire. It's like six inches long I was like, "You have got to be kidding me, Black Magic! Like this, this eGPU was going on the floor. Like I don't need it to sit on my desk, so I need a longer wire.
0: It's 0.5 meters is the cable that it comes with. Yeah,
1: like yeah. I said, it's basically six inches. Yeah, right? it's
0: it's comical. <laughs> I I just say it it's not six inches. Half a meter is too small. It's too small. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah,
1: this was the problem. So it's like I need an additional wire. I've got a box full of wires, and then." somehow I lost track of which wire was the wire that works with the LG monitor as I'm like going through these things. And like I cannot tell you what a nightmare this was. This yeah, okay. reminded me of, I used to have this job back in college, which was, it was great. As far as jobs go, like it was great, but it could be really frustrating. But it was the job where I learned the concept of like how to debug a system, like which is the piece that doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Because uh, my my university physics department had a literal warehouse full of broken computers and they're like, hey, guess what? We would like you to make working computers out of all of these broken computers, right? And I was like, okay, great. I'll just sit here for a summer and slowly try to figure out which parts really don't work and like what burned out and and." put together some kind of Franken system for the department to use out of whatever happens to work in in these things. But it was really great having to like hundreds of times go through that process of like, make sure you only change one thing at a time and don't be overconfident about all the things that you can slap together. So I was doing that, moving these USB-C wires around and like, I, I had an Amazon Now order where I'm like, I need a guy to come to my house right now with a super expensive USB C cable that claims it can do everything to plug into the black magic thing on the floor into my MacBook. And it's like this cable arrives and I plug it in. And it's like somehow this cable doesn't work, even though it's like 80 freaking pounds. Mm-hmm. And if I'm plugging the wrong wires into the monitor, the USB-C monitor, it's like, it would turn on the LG monitor, but I'd look at it and I'd go, it seems a little blurry. And then, and then I'm, like, debugging it, it's like, oh, right, if I don't have just the right wire plugged in, the resolution is not as high as it's going to be otherwise, even though it looks like everything's fine. I'm like... I cannot tell you how maddening and frustrating this was where I'm going through these boxes and trying to like guess how many capabilities the USB-C wire has based on how thick it is, right? Like, ooh, this one feels like a real thick wire. Maybe this one is Thunderbolt 3 compatible. There you Maybe go. it okay, isn't cool. I don't I waiting, know. I was waiting for you to say it.
0: Because <laughs> right, the problem you have found yourself in, and you know this now, right? But like, I'm just summing it up for, for our listeners. Sum it up for the listeners. You need Thunderbolt 3 cables, which are USB-C cables that have some additional capabilities because that's what you require to drive all this powerful graphics stuff like the mm-hmm. what what the cable that came with your black magic was a thunderbolt 3 USB-C mm-hmm. cable. You had a box of USB-C cables cuz that's what comes with everything else. USB-C cables do not have all of the power or the chips in the cable that's required to do everything that thunderbolt 3 needs, which means very unfortunately the cable fits. It will kind of Work, which makes it worse, I think, than if it didn't work yeah. at all. For a lot of things, it will kind of work, but something will feel kind of broken. And yeah. Thunderbolt three cables are very expensive.
1: Yeah. Well, the extra frustrating thing here is like, I'm perfectly aware that there's the data transfer bit of it, but there's also the power bit of it. So yeah, at yeah. one point, like yeah. I thought, oh, I have the system working but my laptop is just slowly draining over time, right? right? So it's like, oh, okay, Wh- whatever wire I have plugged in now is not quite able to really deliver the 80 watts necessary for the MacBook or whatever it is. It was just incredibly frustrating. And it just, I, I, I've said it before, but like, I cannot believe that these wires are not labeled to specify what, the goddamn wire can do. Like, tell me how much data can it transfer, and how much power can it transfer? And the the madness of looking at a monitor and trying to eyeball: Am I getting all the pixels I'm supposed to? Like, does this look like five thousand pixels, or does it not look like five thousand pixels? And then you start losing your mind as you're like boy, this looks blurry, but maybe this is what 5,000 pixels look like when my eyeball is one inch away from the screen because I'm trying to discern, like, what the difference is. And doing, like, read-write tests on a hard drive to see how fast is it actually writing to this time machine thing. It it was just crazy-making. Partly, it was my own, own fault because I did know that in that box of wires, I'm like, I know some of these, these wires have Thunderbolt 3. Like, I know they're in here. I just don't know which ones they are. Um... It was absolutely maddening. And the thing that I did not know, which made me feel like I really resent a choice that you have made here, Apple, is I assumed that the Apple cables that I buy for like a hundred pounds, surely I can always rely on those to be what I need them to be. And spoiler alert, no, you can't, even though they're incredibly expensive, you can't know that like oh if, as long as i have an apple usbc wire i'm always good the answer is no you're not no, so some
0: of their usbc cables are just usbc cables they are not thunderbolt 3 <sighs> cables which doesn't make any sense considering thunderbolt started off as something that apple did i mean i think now they work with intel and it's open source but nobody else is using it really <laughs> uh, everybody else just uses usbc and doesn't yeah. do everything that apple wants to try and do
1: it's it is crazy making, but it's like USB C you, you you got me in the mobile situation when I was out in the world trying to figure out how to charge all my devices and like and you got me again when I was just sitting here trying to set up an office. And it's like I could not believe that I found myself with this pile of wires next to me, this promised standard of USB C thinking I would genuinely prefer if the connector shape was different so that I wouldn't have to waste my time trying to figure out which of these wires is going to work. That's the way. Yeah.
0: It's not convenient to have it be the same shape if it's effectively a different cable. It's not helpful.
1: What I decided is that the only way this makes sense, with all the craziness we've, we've had across all the various different types of cables, is that the head of the USB-C consortium is the devil like that's that's the only thing that makes any sense because it's like oh we're gonna give you a cable that like uh, the, the USB A it's externally symmetrical but internally asymmetrical oh we're gonna give you micro USB the worst feeling connector in the world that you can shove into and break break the connector very easily and they're like oh we're gonna fix all these problems with USB C but ha 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 the wires are all different and they're not labeled so it's it's like. Yeah, that's that's my that's my conclusion here. Is the devil designs USB C cables, and we're never we're never going to get one that actually solves all of the problems because they're intentionally designed to be
0: infuriating in invisible ways. I feel really bad that this is all happening during the year of water.
2: <laughs> I know, like
1: that's but this is like I'm 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 going to have a really nice home office. Set up. And mm-hmm. in in the end, it's like I have a box of cables that I want to set on fire. That Like that was the result of that.
0: <laughs> you have gotten to it though, right? You have it all set now, I'm sure.
1: I do have it all set. But every day I look at my monitor and I squint my eyes at it and I think, am I getting all the pixels? I don't think I'm getting all the pixels. But I can't figure out a way to tell if I'm just getting 80% of the pixels or if I'm getting 100% of the pixels.
0: Mm. <laughs> I have no I have no help for you. I don't know how you find that out. You'll probably never know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All all I think of is like this monitor which is which is super expensive and is supposed to be super crisp always looks kinda blurry and I don't know if that's the monitor or if that's just that's just the fact that I'm sitting too close to it.
0: Yeah, if you considered it might be you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it might be me. Burn in hell forever, USB C. You're useless and I hate you.
0: Well, we're talking about yearly themes, or at least mentioning them. Um, (laughs) I feel like I have completed the year of adulting. I am now a married man.
1: Congratulations, Mike. A lot's happened since the last time we spoke.
0: Yeah, a lot's happened. Yeah, I'm now married. I feel like that that is enough for the year of adulting. I feel like I don't. Uh, have to do anything more to have completed it there is a, a bonus stage i was gonna
1: say wasn't there one more wasn't there one more yeah. thing in the year of adulting
0: i can it's getting a car but i consider that a bonus stage because that okay. that doesn't need to happen this year that can happen within the next year but like you know if i do it great if i don't it's not important i don't really consider it to be honest in in, in all of that like the the year of adulting was mostly focused around the wedding which has now occurred mm-hmm. so i have done that and uh, it was fantastic. The wedding was amazing. We had a great day. Everything went perfectly. Our honeymoon was wonderful. Uh, we're very, I'm very, very happy. We're both very happy.
1: Do you feel like more of an adult?
0: A hundred percent. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The wedding ring, man. Have you gotten used to it yet? Yeah, I'm very used to it. Yeah, because I sleep in it. So, you know, I never take it off. And I figured all I needed to do was do that. And I would get used to it. You know, mm-hmm. I play with it a lot. You know, like um, it's like my new fidget toy, which is great. Right. Take it off, put it on other fingers, spin it around to do all sorts of stuff. Put it on stuff, other you know? fingers. Oh, uh, Just for funsies. Just for funsies. Uh, hmm. Just, you know, and that all works. I haven't got it stuck yet, so that's good. Right. And uh, I've noticed that the, the skin on my ring finger is slightly shinier than Yes, the yep, other that's skin what happens. Yep. Um because that's kind of wearing down to a fine callus is my expectation there.
1: I, I think of it that the ring is polishing the section of your hand directly beneath it. That's what it
0: is. <laughs> sure, we'll think of it that way. <laughs> that's why that's why it gets shinier. And uh I have an irrational fear of sinks now. Why? Because I am convinced I'm gonna lose my wedding ring.
1: Down the sink, like this is a 1950s sitcom kind of. Thing. Right,
0: so it hit, so it's probably better to say instead of saying I have a fear of sinks, that was probably the wrong way to put it. I am very aware of plug holes now. Okay, all right, right. If I'm washing my hands somewhere that I don't know, I will find myself checking the plug to make sure that this is not a situation where I could lose the ring if I'm not paying attention. Because, you know, hmm. I've, I find when you use soap, if things get a little bit slippier, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm, more, I'm still pretty aware of the ring, even though I'm used to it. So, like, I feel it moving when it moves, right? Which I expect right. will probably be a thing that I will pay less attention to over time. So, I'm just, I'm constantly convinced that I'm going to lose it. So, to try and make, you know, I feel like one of the one of the easiest places to lose it is when my hands are covered in slippery, slippery soap, so that is making me check for plug holes in places that I visit. Well, uh, well, I mean, two
1: things here. One, that's why sinks have that little bend in the bottom, is to. Catch yeah, stuff but in
0: like them. if I'm in some like public bathroom somewhere, like yeah, you just reach under
1: the sink and you you just unscrew that little bend and yep, you, you reach definitely. you reach right in All there. And public you bathrooms have pull it completely out.
0: accessible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, what about on a plane?
1: Yeah, you just pull. Off the panel, directly <laughs> below the sink, uh-huh. and then the air marshal comes in and tases you in the back, and then you explain that your ring fell down the sink. That's that's how that works on the airplane. Then
0: they're all very understanding and helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll get your you get your ring back after they release you from custody. That's mm-hmm. so you don't really have to worry about that. But the second thing is, I would recommend to married couples that. You have a little discussion with your partner about the concept that it is perfectly fine to lose a wedding ring. Yeah, this yeah. This is this is not a this is not a portent of the inevitable breakup of your relationship. Uh because that's
0: crazy. But it's thinking. a bit soon, right? Like again, like we know we're gonna lose them. Eventually somebody's gonna lose them. Uh, yeah. Especially because I keep finding Adina's wedding ring around the house. So, like, you know, she takes it off, she puts it down, and her ring is like a fly could blow on it and it would take off forever. It is yeah. the smallest, thinnest piece of metal you've ever seen in your life, right?
1: Or, for example, a Roomba could eat it.
0: Oh without a shadow of a doubt, and we'd never find it in the Roomba stuff's compartment because it would never even make it there. It would get stuck in one of the mechanisms somewhere and it would just become part of the Roomba. so like i I fully i I know that she will lose hers, and again, this is nothing on her, it's more just the ring is so small right that it right. will get lost, and I know at some point I will lose mine, but neither of us want it to happen within the first month you know you you, you want to leave it a little bit longer than that, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I just I think it is worth saying out loud this concept that mm-hmm. it's like it's perfectly fine to lose the ring, and you expect that you're going to lose the ring at some point. It's worth as a couple saying that to each other. Okay. Uh, so that that that's all that's all I'm saying, right? Because like, you lay the you lay the groundwork
0: as soon as Adina comes home today, I'll look deeply into her eyes and say, yeah. "I'm
1: going to lose this ring." Right. It's yeah. It's an inevitability.
0: But I also have. A second ring because my ring I bought from Amazon for £30. Right. Because I got tungsten. Right. The best. Which is incredibly cheap, it turns out, Mm -hmm. if you don't go to a jewelry store, because tungsten is not a precious metal. So there's no reason to pay large amounts of money for it. So I bought two from Amazon because I wasn't sure of the exact color that I wanted, but I like them both. So I have a second ring right here. Adina's ring was custom made, so it's a little bit trickier to replace.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is that is a little bit trickier to replace. Uh, but yeah, no. Tungsten is the best mm-hmm. for wedding rings. Looks the coolest.
0: Makes loud noises.
1: Makes, I was going to say, make as you know, makes loud noises when uh, you're a teacher and you need to slam it on the desk to mm-hmm. capture attention. And it's... Perfect. Great material. A++.
0: Yeah, I decided I wanted a a tungsten ring when me and you very early on in our working lunches met for lunch one day and you were explaining a point whilst banging your hand on the desk and it was making a very loud noise and it made your point land extremely firmly and I decided at that point I wanted one that made that noise too.
1: Yeah, I still think this is a story that you have made up in your head. No, see, uh, you think you don't
0: do this, but you still do this. Every now and then, you still do this. I
1: I don't think that I do this. But nonetheless, I recommend Tungsten Rings. They're very cool. And I'm glad you have one. And you will eventually lose it, but that's okay. That's fine. Possibly down a sink, maybe
0: on an airplane. Yes. But the year of adulting was not my only yearly theme. I also had the year of branching out. Mm -hmm. And... One of the things in the year of branching out is a project that I've been talking about a bunch, which was more fictional in nature. Mm, You keep teasing the people, Mike. Right, well, this is where I'm going to tell people to stop asking me because it's not happening this year. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. So what I had previously said was if it didn't happen this year, it wasn't going to happen at all, right? That was the thing Mm -hmm. that I'd said. But what that was predicated on was the idea that I would be actively working on it for long periods Mm -hmm. of time. That is not the case. I... Have not put any work other than thinking into this project for months. Yeah. So I am officially giving this project backburner status.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. So I'm I'm removing the deadline that I'd set for myself because the reason I set that deadline was I thought I would actively work on it, and if if when actively working on it I couldn't get it to where I wanted it to be, then that meant it was time to get rid of it. Yeah. But I haven't been working on it because I've just had too many other things in my life that, I, that have needed my attention. So I'm deciding to make it long-term um, and it may change in a million ways, but uh, I, I, I don't want to say goodbye to it yet because I don't feel like I've given it the attention that I need to give it. So I'm going to put it on the back burner for the time being. Yeah, these
1: kind of big new projects are hard to find it's hard to figure out like where where does this fit in your working life like especially when you're self-employed and you're juggling a whole bunch of other stuff maybe even say getting married during that year
0: yeah i feel like i need almost an external eureka moment for this which i think can happen like it requires a person or a thing I, i can i
1: know what you're saying here is like maybe there is something that comes along that acts as a catalyst, a catalyst? Yeah. yeah but the the other thing is you know because i know some details about this project behind mm-hmm. the scenes uh like this is this is also the kind of thing that i can't conceive of how this would actually work in your schedule and and with your business
0: yes exactly
1: <laughs> but that almost almost would require like a, um like a sabbatical right for for you to say oh i'm just going to take 2 months and this is going to be the thing that i'm going to focus on uh, but that's, in your situation, that is just a wildly unrealistic I also don't thing work that way. Do. I,
0: yeah. I don't work that way. Like, if, if I took the time off to work on the project, I would come back having taken the time off and not gotten far enough along with the project. Like, I, I work mm, better under pressure, not better under freedom. Mm. So really, the only way this is ever going to work for me is if I get it to the point where I'm comfortable enough to begin and then begin. Mm. And then the the pressure of having begun the project like publicly is what pushes it through to its completion. Mm. But I'm not near that beginning point yet. Like I I am I work way better under deadlines and crises than I do under freewheeling time, Mm. right? And that's just how I am. I thrive in pressure situations. Even though I think I said this on the show before, right? My general uh temperament as a person does not like high pressure stress situations Mm -hmm. but i also work better in them it doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense to me so but that's just how i am i'm a weird person right but that's just how i am so I,
1: I, i don't think you're alone in that temperament there are plenty of people who work better under pressure know they work better under pressure but would never describe themselves as feeling oh boy I really enjoy this time when I'm under pressure. Okay. Right. That I I don't think you are alone in that. And and again, like so much in life is your ability to know yourself. And mm-hmm. I think it's good that you have decided that this is going to be a back burner project and I think it's also good that you're publicly announcing that that this shift has occurred. I feel like that gives you a a clean slate to be open to something like a catalyst at some point in the future as opposed to having that niggling feeling in the background like oh i should be working on this thing that i said i was going to be working on and like the year is beginning to come to a close now and you know i don't have anything to show for it and do i try to rush it and blah 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 so i I think this is this is a good move to publicly announce the back burner status of the project
0: yeah and as soon as i did it as soon as i thought to myself this is what's going to happen i had an idea for how i can help push it along when I'm ready. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. I think giving myself the freedom to make it less ambitious allowed me to think of some ways that I think I can get it closer to what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, I'm not rushing it. So hmm. it, it's. But anyway, so that's that's kind of where I am with that. Part of the reason is because I am currently working on a new project, which is not podcast related. It is podcast adjacent, and mm. I'm more excited about that right now. Than I am about the fiction thing, and I also believe it has a better chance of succeeding, and that the the success conditions are way clearer.
1: Do I know what that project is, Mike?
0: Yes, you do know what that project is.
1: Ooh, okay, cool. I'll be
0: quiet. Okay, I'm right. Saying. You good now? You know what it is? Yeah, no, do, I know. Are I know, you following?
1: I just, okay. Yeah, no. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down here, Mike.
0: Yeah, and 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 it also, you know, as with all good projects. Yep. gives me more than like what that project will provide is more than just its output this will all become clear at some point in the future but so that that is now if I'm thinking of because th- this this fiction thing was always like in my mind like it is a to the side of what I do mm-hmm. right so it's like it's it's related but it's almost like my side project and this new this other thing, is the same it is like a side project but still very tied into what i do every day so that's kind of where i'm so the the rest of the year of branching out will include me seeing if this thing is gonna is gonna go anywhere
1: yeah but like right there what you're saying is is always the thing about juggling projects which is hard like you you as the individual are constantly having to reassess the projects and decide like what the what the priority of these things are, and something like the like the fiction project can be. that That's a project that in particular can be very grand in your mind, like, like as as we've discussed before. This idea that like you have this this Venus de Milo in your head of like what it can possibly be, which can end up being quite intimidating, and like maybe it's good to take a step back from that and. Then you have another project which comes along in in your mind of like, oh, this one is clearly more actionable and has a potentially clearer or more immediate upside than another project. And like you're always having to constantly reassess these things and think like where do where do these projects fit in the in the balance of how much time you actually have in a day to move these various things forward Uh, and you, know, you don't have an infinite amount of time in the day to move all of the projects forward at once. Uh, you actually have a terrifyingly limited amount of time to move projects
0: forward. So, And nor do I even want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend all of the working time I have available working anyway. Mm-hmm. That's not my ideal outcome. Like I, I want to be somewhere in the middle. Like I still mm-hmm. want to be able to have the freedom to give myself free time Rather than fill every possible moment with work.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I think we've we've discussed that that many times. Yeah, but it is. It's always worth saying is the like having to having to block off time that's that's not work. Like, and how how do you think about that? I, I, when I was saying about juggling the projects, I was just thinking about that in terms of the number of hours for work that you have in a day that are like high quality work and like what can you actually move forward in that time uh like outside of the and you also need to be a person who has free time and the ability to do things and even just the concept of if all of your work time is blocked off that means you are also closed off from any future or different projects like that there's there's something optimal in being unoptimized to have the the flexibility to say like oh Perhaps something catalyzes the fiction project and then you you f- have this feeling like, oh, I really know what I want to do with this and I want to work on it. But if you've already optimized all of your working time, like you have no slack in the system to take on this additional thing if it ever comes up. So, yeah, exactly. it's like maximizing hours is is a foolish goal uh, that is often just self-defeating in the long run. I think I think this is good. I think it's a good move, Mike. And uh, you know, my my strong feeling with the yearly themes is they, they don't have to be a year. It's just that's just a phrase that we use. But a year, it can be two years. It can be a it can be a lifetime. They're themes. They're themes that that follow along with you.
0: I just don't. I don't think that I want my 2019 theme to also be the year of branching out.
1: No, like it can be. It can become a, a subtheme. You know, like like yeah. a tectonic plate being sublimated under the the one that's coming over it right it can it can be underneath under the surface there
0: the year of backburners <laughs> yeah that's I, I feel like that
1: sounds like a very uninspiring year, year everything theme.
0: goes on the back burner for a year
1: <laughs> these four burners no more <laughs> Back burners only
0: This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Away. Away are a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers who make smart premium suitcases because they don't want your luggage to cost more than your plane ticket, but they also want it to be full of amazing features. Amazing features like a battery. A battery in your suitcase. Both sizes of Way's carry-on feature USB ports of a battery large enough to charge your phone five times from a single charge. A battery that pops right out of the case so you can have with you when you arrive at your destination as well. Because if you're anything like me, having more battery when you travel is an incredible thing. So, go right now to awaytravel.com cortex. Browse their suitcases. They're made of German polycarbonate, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance while still being lightweight. They have 10 colors and five sizes of suitcase, including their carry-on, their bigger carry-on, their medium, their large, and the kids' carry-on for the smaller travelers among us as well. All of the waste cases have a patent-pending compression system, which is amazing if you're an overpacker. They have four 360-degree spinner wheels, so you can easily maneuver them on your travels. They're all compliant with major US airlines, so they maximize what you can pack, but also mean that you can store them on the plane, in the overhead compartments even. And they have TSA combination locks built right in. All of the waste cases feature a removable washable laundry bag. I love this, so it means when you get to your place and you've unpacked, when you're then done with the clothes that you've worn for the day, you can just put them in that laundry bag and then when it comes time to pack, you zip up that bag, put it in your case, close the case, get home, unzip the bag straight into the hamper super super simple i love my away suitcase i have the carry on and i really really love it it's so great for trips Um, i am in love with this thing away believe in the quality of their products and they offer a lifetime guarantee for that if anything breaks they will fix or replace it for life and they have a 100 day trial with a no questions asked return policy for free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states of the u.s they do ship to other countries around the world too so go find out for yourself go to awaytravel.com slash Cortex right now and you can browse their wonderful suitcases. Then when you use the code Cortex at checkout, you'll get twenty dollars off any of their suitcases. That's awaytravel.com slash Cortex and the code Cortex for twenty dollars off. Travel smarter with the suitcase that charges your phone. Thank you so much to away for their support of this show and relay FM.
1: Mike, we mentioned that you got married, you went on your honeymoon. I'm sure, I'm sure you did very many lovely things in Hawaii. But the thing that I would like to know about for this show is how did that email system of yours end up working out? How, nope. how did the wheel of email treat you in Hawaii? Was it a success? Was it a total failure? I'm kind of hoping that you just blew off email the whole time. But I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to expect of Mike on his honeymoon and
0: email. You know I didn't blow it off for the whole time. You know that. I, I was hoping. Did you really do did you really do email? Yeah, of course I did.
1: Oh. I was really of kind of hoping that you might have gone to Hawaii and, and no, it no, would no, just no. be like no, see, we start. No we started email. this
0: wrong. We started this wrong because now we're starting on a down note. Because this is a positive. There is. This is it. I consider my email experience to be a resounding success. But now okay, we're starting off of like, oh no, you did it. I'm so upset. No, no, no. no. It was an incredible success. I worked. Mike, Mike what matters? What
1: matters is it was a success for you, not a success for me. I was just yeah, hoping no, you would have succeeded in the way that I would have wanted to succeed no that's the madness yours (laughs) yours
0: i don't even know how you could succeed because you decide to just stop answering email randomly right so like you know the 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 success in your mind would be like negative email like i don't know how (laughs) that would even occur
1: okay so so tell me what tell me what happened
0: it was a resounding success i worked less than i thought i would if i did 10 minutes a day on average i would have been surprised oh wow that's great. It was, I did so little email, I couldn't believe it, really, honestly, like how how little I actually had to do. There was one day where I did extra work. This was because I sprained my ankle and kind of had to stay in bed the whole day. Everything's fine. Nothing was ruined. I just lost one day. Um, Mm. But I actually made a choice to do this because I figured, well, I have this day. I may as well make my return home easier by picking up some admin work now, right? Right. So so, I don't have to deal with that like home horror you know of all these things that you have to take care of that you haven't done, so there was one day where I sat out on the balcony and sent some invoices, you know, and it was perfectly lovely mm-hmm. um I have nothing but good things to say about Spark's email sharing functions,
1: oh, interesting, okay.
0: I feel like I really sung its praises on our last episode in talking about why I felt this could I could do this and it worked absolutely perfectly for the intended purpose.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, because you you were really selling it, and it's been on my mm-hmm. mind as a as a possible solution for a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm interested. I'm very interested to hear that it went as well as you were hoping it would.
0: Yeah, I realized that there was something that I was thinking about doing, which I haven't yet done, and I'm going to do as soon as we're finished today. Which is because I'm on their free plan because there's so few people in the team. There's only two of us. There is a free plan that includes it. I am going to pay for the paid plan now, even Mm -hmm. though I don't need to, because I love the service so much. I want to do everything I can to make sure that it (laughs) remains. Did you see that Newton email is going away? Uh, No, no, I didn't see that. It's one of the, it's one app that used to be called Cloud Magic. Now it's called Newton. Oh, it was was Cloud, right. That's right. Cloud Magic. That's how I remember. Yeah, the worst. Just the worst. Uh, They're shutting down. They don't really go into detail other than saying that uh, they believe that in today's world, charging for email is ultimately unsustainable because there are huge providers that give it away for free, mm-hmm. which I agree with, which is why I'm going to give Spark some money <laughs> because <laughs> I, the, the service is so, so good. So for anybody that needs a recap, in my application Spark, which is on all of Apple's platforms, uh, it has a new feature where it allows you to share email with people in a team. So you can take an email message, share it with somebody, and it shows up in their inbox as if it was sent to them. Then they can reply to it. It's wonderful. So in my, what I would get is I'd be getting emails from people. I would share them, and then my assistant would either deal with them or she would provide me the information that I needed within a chat, which is contained within the email message that only the two of us ever see. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, and it worked fantastically. I was able to send a bunch of stuff when I woke up. Then my assistant would do her things when she woke up because he's on the other side of the world. And then before I would go to bed, probably I would just action whatever needed to be actioned. If I, as I say if I did ten minutes of work a day, I would be surprised. Like it was, it was so simple. I mean, most of the stuff was just like an email will come in. I would assign it to her, as in the idea of now it's yours to deal with. And mm-hmm. I mean, and we do this anyway but I figure I don't recognize how much time it saves or or aggravation it saves when I'm also just doing it as part of my daily work, right? Mm-hmm. Where like I'm just sending stuff over, then I'm replying to something, sending something over, replying to something. But instead, when I'm just opening it up and basically sending everything over, I realize kind of the impact that it has when I also don't have my usual daily tasks to do. So really, really amazing. I loved it. It's a fantastic system. Luckily there are many services available where this kind of stuff happens i really like the way that spark does it and i like that it's in an application that i understand how to use but if it did had to go away someday like this is this is not a completely unique thing that they created right the idea of sharing email like this mm-hmm. um but it is probably the most accessible for the price uh, that i've found on the market today and the features are really good too so well, that's really good.
1: I, I, I don't mean to put the expectations of how I would want to spend my time on you. So I'm very happy that you got your email done in a super minimal time way. I'm very happy for you. If there's a nice place to send some invoices from, a, a porch in Hawaii seems like it's a pretty good spot. It's
0: about as good as it gets.
1: <laughs> 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 it's, it's not a bad place to, to uh, you know, put your feet up and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect some money today. Let me send out some invoices,
0: (laughs) or it's one of those things. Like, look where I am. I really need to collect some money today. (laughs) Yeah, that's.
1: Oh, is 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 Hawaii not incredibly cheap? Is it is it uh, it an expensive location in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? So I'm sure it's very cheap to ship things over there, including people. (laughs) So I've been in a little bit of a consolidation phase with some of my apps
0: year of order. Yeah, a little
1: bit. Um we we've mentioned on the show many times like using using different apps for different things. And there are a couple of couple of points of frustration for me where I've been using a bunch of different notes apps for example to try to keep track of of different stuff and uh this is one one area where I'm giving something a try. I don't know how well this is going to work for me, but I'm attempting to consolidate all of my notes into the notes app and to actually use the notes app in the way that Apple clearly wants you to use it, which is to keep notes and to keep lists of things. Uh, because I just, I found myself having just too many different little places where I was like, oh, these kind of notes go over here and those kind of notes go over there. And keeping that distinction became less important to me as. I found myself using the iPad less. So I tried using a bunch of different note systems for different things. And eventually I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try actually putting it all in notes. And uh, this is one of the areas in which I'm consolidating some stuff. And one of the things that actually put me over the edge for this is I've installed the Mojave Beta on a couple of my computers. And I totally love... That in Mojave, in the dark mode, the Notes app has this black paper now, which I find kind of hilarious that they're still keeping the ridiculous. paper themes. I think
0: it's absolutely ridiculous.
1: I think it's less ridiculous because I'm the person who commissioned black paper texture when I, when I had all of those papers made for me for oh, my so there, iPad. Oh, there's
0: so a, there's a detail about this paper that you've promised to release. <laughs>
1: Well, the black paper was one of them is like, I want night mode paper. And it seemed totally ridiculous to me at the time. But I thought, well, while I'm having this done, why not? Maybe there's a time in which I want to write white on a black piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Never used it. But, you know, it was there just as an option in case. Uh, And now I think it's hilarious that it's there in notes. Um, But I always kind of hated on the like I hate the bright white and so like all of my notes it was required to have a dark background yeah, yeah. i just didn't I want to look at that stuff dark
0: mode for notes i just yeah. want them to get rid of the stupid texture <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I think the fact that the texture has made it into black paper indicates that that is never going away it's not
0: going away yeah someone had to make it
1: that is if they were going to transition things they would have transitioned out of it at this point but no mm-hmm. that black paper is going to be there forever uh but so anyway that's that's one of the areas where i'm trying to Have fewer places to put things. And so I'm just trying to use that Notes app. And so I like, I consolidated out a whole bunch of stuff. And I don't know if that's going to work in the long run, but I don't know. For the past few years, I've been hearing everybody talk about how fantastic Notes is and how it's super great. And I'm the only person who uses it in this disposable way. So I decided to give that a shot as a thing that is being consolidated. But the more. Exciting consolidation news. I have consolidated down my many to-do managers to one to-do manager. There can, there can be only one, and the one that has survived is OmniFocus 3. Hmm. So now when people see screenshots of my phone, they will no longer be able to freak out about why are there four to-do apps on there. There is now only one to do app. And I've been using OmniFocus 3 as my sole place to keep track of to dos and projects uh, since the OmniFocus 3 beta came out. And I totally love it. I just absolutely super duper love OmniFocus 3. And I think if you're someone who's thinking about trying OmniFocus, I think this is a really good time to give them a shot because a bunch of the things that I've complained about in the, f- in the past, sort of these holdovers from the getting things done system, almost all of them have now been excised from OmniFocus and it's much more like a to-do app that is free from those constraints and like 10 million times more flexible than it used to be. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping everything in one spot in OmniFocus 3, and it's amazing, Mike.
0: Can you give me some examples of why you like it so much?
1: Okay. The biggest thing that makes the biggest difference is they now let you assign tags to every action and every project. So, before, they had this getting things done holdover, this idea of a context and you could only have one context associated with a task, which was dumb, and it was confusing to users, and it was a strange thing, and who cares? It's gone now. When you can put an arbitrary number of tags on any task, it then allows you to filter and sort through those tasks in any way that you want. And so... In addition to those tags, OmniFocus allows you to write essentially an arbitrary if, and, or statement that applies across all of those tags. So you can say, like, I want to see all of my tasks that uh, have a due date and are in this folder or have this tag but not this tag, right? And show me just those things. And like, this is exactly what I have wanted out of a task manager for forever. And that it's one of the reasons why, like, I've been spreading my tasks across different things for years because I have so many different kinds of things that I want to keep track of. And I find like the number one frustrating thing for me in any task manager is a task manager that shows me something that I can't or don't want to act upon at this moment. Like I always want to just see what can I do now? Don't show me stuff that's going to happen later or like things where I need to be somewhere else. I don't want to see any of that. I only want to see the stuff that's now. And in order to make that a reality like a task manager has to be able to filter to a really precise degree and it has to be able to exclude stuff and that's what the new version of omnifocus does and that that is what is amazing to me as i can say like show me just this kind of thing and ignore absolutely everything else as an example one of the kinds of tasks that i have are are like the little checklists that I have when I wake up in the morning and before I go to bed at night, what, what I think of as, like, the boot-up and the shutdown things. Like, those are just a bunch of little checklists of, like, here's what you do when you wake up in the morning, and here's what you do at the end of the evening. And, like, I don't want to see the the evening shutdown tasks all day long, right? Like, I want to be able to hide those until it's actually eight o'clock and now I'm going to start winding down the rest of the day and that's the kind of thing that in the new version of OmniFocus is super easy to do to be like show me all the work stuff but then everything that's tagged as evening shutdown like hide that I don't want to see that when I'm in working mode I'll see that later uh, but I don't want to see that
0: now right so I assume you can take a search and save it behind UI in the app
1: Yes, that's correct. So you they call them perspectives. They have these little drag and drop bubbles that allow you to say like and or not. And you can save any one of those searches as a perspective and you can just tap on it and then it will like bring up whatever that saved search is. And it's just it's incredibly powerful and they've put in just so many different ways that you can sort or filter through the different tasks. It's, it's, really, it's really absolutely fantastic. I just love it. Except for the one thing that I've always complained about, which is this crazy time zone thing. No. But, I ha- but I have been promised by OmniFocus that that is coming. That is going to be fixed oh. in the relatively near future. So uh, I'm going to be super happy about that. But I'm also holding OmniFocus to that I promise.
0: Uh. <laughs> I'll say if when they fix that, that's when I might look at it again. I mean, this is not, you know, I'm not holding you to hostage Omnigroup. Like, that, that, no, that's the hostage it, star you know? there,
1: Mike. That's what you're doing. Right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, no,
0: no, no. OmniFocus is incredible. It's, you know, it's, it's overpowered for me. And because... Mm-hmm. But I like everything that it has, but missing that one feature is it's a really big feature to me that when I go abroad because I travel when I travel, I travel across the world. Like the the time zone differences are so huge. Yeah. I just and 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 I never want my tasks to go off in the local time of home. I know some people do that, but I never do. I always want my tasks to go off in the local time of wherever I am, because for ninety nine percent of my tasks, that works perfectly. Like Mm -hmm. I'm good. Um. Yeah. so you know if if they add that feature in and I'm pleased to hear that they will then I will be able to give it a college try again because yeah. the problem is it doesn't matter how good the app is when I'm traveling that is such an annoyance for me you know like the, I have to change all of the times of my tasks any tasks I have when I'm away will trigger at the wrong time when I get back home again like that is a nightmare Right. Yeah. So like, you know, if I'm if I'm in California and I set a task for 2 p.m. in three weeks time, it's going to happen at like 10 p.m. at night when I get back home again. Like that doesn't make any sense to me because I, I don't think about time in that way. I think about time as wherever I am. It's just how I perceive it.
1: And this again is I think this is, a, again, a side effect of like the self-employed person time frame that like like your time frame follows you where you go Mm -hmm. you don't you don't have the london office which is waiting for you to deliver a thing to them at 5 p.m on friday in london Mm -hmm. right where it's like that's what OmniFocus is kind of optimizing for like that idea that there's a canonical time and place that you're always referencing and if you're self-employed and you're self-employed and you travel like you don't care at all
0: I think as well if you are self-employed and working and the, the majority of think people that need you are in the time zones you're traveling to.
1: Yeah, that that's true, yeah. But just to give you an indication of how much I love the new tagging and sorting features of Omnifocus and how much I think it has improved the app, I was willing to put up with that time zone problem this summer when I traveled Let's see if I let's see if I can remember. But I went from London to the East Coast, to the West Coast, back to the East Coast, back to the West Coast, to Central Time, to the East Coast again, then to Europe Time, then back to London. Like that's if I, if I'm remembering it off the top of my head, that's <laughs> what my travel looked like this past summer. Order. And, every time i did that i had to rearrange like 30 little checklist items for what do i do in the morning and what do i do in the evening it was infuriating but knowing that the fix was coming plus having the current features of the new OmniFocus, like made it worth doing because i was trying to figure out like oh now how am i going to actually use this app now like let me rethink about how my system is set up it made it worth it but boy was it frustrating <laughs> It was, it was frustrating to move those every time. But I think, I think for quite a while, my search and my frustration with to-do apps is over uh, for, for a little while. So I've, I have OmniFocus. I'm super happy with it. Uh, I really like it. I love the searching. And I think if you want to give OmniFocus a try, this is a, this is a great version to, to give it a try with. There's been one final consolidation, which I'll just mention quickly. I have finally been able to move away from the craziness of having two Apple Watches. The nighttime slash morning Apple Watch and the evening Apple Watch. Uh, Because longtime listeners of the show will know I was maintaining two Apple Watches because it was the only way to try and get notifications to work the way I wanted to, to have different settings for different times. And thanks to some of the stuff in the iOS 12 beta, the way notifications have worked, I've been able to mostly replicate what I wanted out of that setup. And I'm back to just having a single watch. And it feels like all is, all is sane again in the world. I never really wanted to have two Apple Watches. I was just forced into that situation. Uh, so now I'm back to just one watch. I'm very happy about it. And uh, I've also, because I have the one Watch, I've turned on, I can finally turn on that feature in macOS, which lets you unlock your computer using your watch. And I know I'm super late to this party, but boy, is that a nice feature that I have never been able to take advantage of over these past many years uh, because I had more than one watch and that feature did not work with more than one watch. So one more consolidation. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace, the site that allows you to easily create a website for your next idea. Maybe you want to create an online store or show off your portfolio or create a blog. Or maybe you want to have a site where you can show off all of those adorable photos of your pet Roomba doing cute things. Well, Squarespace lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. There's no patches to worry about and no upgrades necessary. Squarespace has got you covered. And to make it easy for you, they have award-winning templates that are beautifully designed to help you show off your great Idea. Squarespace is super simple to use, yet it's super powerful. And that's one of the reasons I use it to run my own website. So Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can begin a trial, no credit card required, by going to squarespace.com/slash Cortex. And when you decide to sign up, use offer code Cortex to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support. For cortex. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash cortex and the offer code cortex to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks to Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website.
0: While we're talking about betas, mm-hmm. since the last episode, Apple released a semi-public beta for the Shortcuts app, which is the thing that we had wished would happen, and it did happen. That during Mm -hmm. the beta period they would release the shortcuts app which replaces the workflow app
1: formerly known as workflow
0: aka yeah formerly known as the artist formerly known as workflow Um, if you want an overview of the shortcuts app I would point people to episode 65 of canvas here on relay Mm -hmm. FM there's a great overview from Federico Vettici and Jason Snell they kind of talk about uh, where and why and how the shortcuts app came to be what it does what it lacks yeah that that was a great episode so if you want to get a, a primer on it, I would re- I really recommend listening to that. But really, I kind of wondered, what have we been doing with it? We both have access to it. We were both picked out of the the big, I mean, many thousands of people, I'm sure, that, that signed up. We just threw our name into the hat and got picked for it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've mostly, I say I've mostly been poking around. Um, I really think that a lot of the stuff that I will be hoping to build will come September time. Mm -hmm. When a lot of the apps that I use start offering up functionality more explicitly to Siri. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's a bunch of stuff you can do right now, but a lot of things don't really work the way you would want. And developers will be able to take advantage of some of the Siri shortcuts APIs to make things a little bit more advanced. You know, like I hope, for example, to be able to resume playback in my podcast app of choice and stuff like that, which is not the kind of thing you can do right now right Mm -hmm. but it seems like should be available to be able to offer up to the shortcuts app so there's some stuff that i've been playing around with there are some stuff that i have actually been using every day one of them is just setting my morning alarms i was so happy when i realized i could do this all right i am a person who hates going to sleep but when i am asleep (laughs) i never want to leave (laughs) Right. (laughs) okay yeah that sounds like my wife right so here's the problem someone who never wants to go to sleep means they stay awake for too long right of course right and then if they never want to wake up it means one alarm in the morning will not suffice
1: ah okay
0: so i set many alarms for myself how many is set nine maybe
1: is that for real Really, nine?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Like what, five minutes apart from each
0: other? Like 10 minutes apart, maybe. 10 minutes apart, nine alarms. Okay, all right. I don't know the exact number, but it's a big number, right? So we'll just say nine. So I would sit in the morning, at night, every night, check, 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 turning these alarms on, right? And then in the morning, going in and unchecking all the alarms that hadn't gone off yet. Now, I have set up a Siri shortcut, where I just I either ask Siri or I press the button in, sh- in the widget, and it just sets all those alarms.
1: This is taking advantage of because some stuff pops up in the interface in this weird way where the, yep. like there's things that you can explicitly tell it to do that's just built yep. into the workflow app,
0: and then it picks up on stuff you've recently done.
1: Right, right. This is this is the thing that it took me a while to to realize is if you set an alarm, it will suggest this as an option in the shortcuts app right in the shortcuts app but it it won't always be there so you kind of you kind of have to be like look at look at what i'm doing
0: you cannot in the shortcuts app say i want to set an alarm for this time right doesn't work like that you have to go into the alarm app well, it's a clock app. Go into alarms, turn on three alarms, go back right. to the shortcuts app, and then when it says series suggestions, you tap on that and it will say clock and it will have the last three alarms that you set. So you right. do that a couple of times to get your nine alarms all in, and then you see a list of alarms for certain times that you cannot change. And you can toggle them on and off it. And so that's how that works. And then when you want to set your other shortcut to disable the alarms, you have to go in, disable the alarms, go back into Siri Suggestions and Shortcuts, add them in, and then you've got your shortcuts, right? They're done. Yeah. So I now have them. It takes a while to set up, but they're there. And I have them. Yeah. It's a little clunky, but I'll take the clunkiness over the fact that this is incredible and I love it. <laughs> right? So I now have these.
1: A-, a thing that is clunky to set up, but then works forever is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that. that's totally fine. And I, I ran into this. Uh, it's funny. It's, it's sleep related as well. I ran into this exact thing when I was setting up a workflow or, or sorry, a shortcut that I use for naps where I wanted to be able to specify, like, am I taking a, a 20 minute power nap or am I taking a slightly longer like 40 minute nap, like one sleep cycle nap? So I wanted to be able to select like 20 minutes or 40 minutes for this workflow to run and then set a timer that's going to be, uh, you know, 25 minutes or it's going to be 45 minutes long. I was like, how is there no way that I can tell the phone to set a timer for 25 minutes? And then I, I ran into this thing of like, oh, I see. If I just start a 25 minute timer a couple of times on the phone. hmm then the phone will be like, hey, this is a thing that you're doing a lot. Do you want to drag this into one of your shortcuts? It's like, yes, phone, I do. That's exactly what I want to do. So yeah, that's a case where I use the thing where it's it's watching what you do and trying to learn from that.
0: And whilst this system seems weird, if you're a power user, you've got to think about like why they're doing it. Like this is how you get regular users to try this stuff out because the system is watching and when it sees you're doing things a bunch of times it suggests it to you and you're like hey i do that all the time i should make a thing for that right and it's like so that's why i totally get it and i'm fine with it yeah i agree yeah like a lot of third-party apps will offer this stuff up like you know i figure we're in this in-between time right now where it's where where this is the way that most of the stuff is being added into the system
1: yeah it makes perfect sense to do that way and this is almost power user disease where you want to you want to dive right into the where can i specify a timer of arbitrary time in this system and like oh i can't do that i i think again i i feel like i've gushed over it already many times but this shortcut integration into the system framework of iOS is just amazing on many levels and this ability to watch what you're doing and suggest things to you, like man, what a what a great and gentle ramp into the idea of automating for people who may not be familiar with this concept mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's done it's done so well, and even if it seems a bit clunky for the power user, it ultimately, like, but you can still do it. It's not preventing you from doing anything. It's just it's just suggesting stuff in a way that's a bit more newbie friendly, but I think it's a great design. I think it's a really good idea. And I I agree with you that I cannot wait until more apps start exposing all of the things that they can do Uh, because it's, it's really going to be an incredibly powerful system. Like being part of this beta and getting to see it in just these baby steps, like I'm already incredibly impressed with it and it, it barely has any third party app functionality, which is where a ton of the real power is going to come from.
0: And I'm hoping that, you know, some third party stuff will enhance it, some will repair some of the stuff that's changed. Like you can't save folders to Dropbox anymore. Mm-hmm. It can only be saved to a specific folder in iCloud Drive, which has broken a bunch of stuff for me, which is why I'm happy that workflow still exists for the time being. Um, but I'm <laughs> hoping that Dropbox will set will create their own Siri shortcuts that will allow you to do this. So that like they, yeah. they will ena- enable that. So fingers crossed there.
1: Yeah, that may, that may exist in the future. But that is also a perfect example of the thing I mentioned earlier in the show where I have Hazel watching some folders. And it's like, hey, hey Hazel, why don't you watch some of these iCloud folders? And if files show up there, why don't you shuffle them over to this Dropbox folder over here? I've already th- <laughs> th- thought
0: about like worst comes to worst. That's what I'll set up. But I don't want to have to do that. I mean, and honestly, I think that there are also places where you know with a company like dropbox a third party could come in and do this could create yeah, yeah. an app that could also do this but some of the actions that are available are wild like the ability to enable do not disturb for periods of time that you wish or you can turn on low power mode like it's it there is stuff that is available in the shortcuts beta that i never would have expected to see i have to tell you
1: since you mentioned low power mode i have to tell you my favorite thing that I've done with the, mm-hmm. with the Shortcuts app that I'm also, not gonna lie, super pleased with myself about. So this is an integration with the good old Launch Center Pro, right, which disappeared from my phone for a while, but it was back uh, because I realized Launch Center Pro has a feature, which if it exists in other apps, I, I don't know where to find it, but Launch Center Pro can watch your location, And then because it had this old integration with workflow that still exists, it can watch your location and trigger a workflow, but it does work with shortcuts if you know how to change the URL scheme. It will trigger a shortcut based on your location. And so what I set up is I drew a geofence that covers the area that is essentially my daily operations like like walking around in london what is the circle that is that includes my office and the local supermarkets that i go to and and like the little park where i walk the dog and and it's like what is the areas where i spend 99 percent of my time and draw a circle around those if i leave that circle trigger a workflow that will turn on low power mode now Unfortunately, it can't do it automatically, but it just pops up an alert on my phone. And if I press that alert, it triggers the shortcut and it turns on low power mode automatically. And boy, do I love this because that's that's the time where it's like if I leave my normal area of operations, I'm probably going somewhere for a while. And I just want to put the phone in low power mode in preparation of maybe I'm going to be gone all day and I just haven't thought about it. And I just love that. And I still feel like every time I take an Uber out of my radius and that pops up reminding me to turn on low power mode and then I hit the button and it just automatically does it. I don't need to dig around in the settings or I don't even need to pull down control center. It just it just does it. It feels like magic every time and I totally love it.
0: I guess in the same vein, using Launch Center Pro, you could set up scheduled things. So it would pop up at a certain time on a certain day and you just press a button and it'll run the shortcut.
1: Yeah, yeah. That like there's there's a lot of. I don't have any other geo fenced ones right now, but I, but it's been on the back of my mind of of thinking about what can I do, say when I get to the office, and like that that's a geo fenced kind of thing. Like I'm in the office now. There's almost certainly little things that I just want to kick off to have the environment ready for me, or like it just seems like there's a lot of interesting possibilities here and like just even just this little simple one of turn on low power mode when i leave my normal area of operations i totally love it and it is a it's it's only possible because they're integrated with the system
0: one thing that i'm really excited to do is to build what i'm thinking of morning and evening routines and and i'm seeing a lot of people playing around with this sort of stuff and it's like these these huge shortcuts that you can set that will do things in the morning and the evening. So my morning, like my enabling and disabling alarms, right, is part of this mm-hmm. because you can run shortcuts within shortcuts.
1: Yes, it's so powerful.
0: So like right now, I'm building an evening routine. So this will be become very useful when this all ships because I'll be able to get my HomePod to do this. So I'll be able to say to the HomePod, I'll be like, HomePod, Good evening or like or like bedtime or something like that mm-hmm. and what I've set up right now is with a little bit of help from Federico, some regular expressions to check what the day is and if the subsequent day will be a like a work day oh right, okay, yeah, I have an if statement using some regex and a bunch of amazing stuff that he helped me build, and now I feel like I have a good understanding of to if if the next day will be a work day, run my morning alarms then. Once that's taken care of, once the statement is closed, they then run my nighttime scene that I created in HomeKit, which turns off the lights everywhere in the house except the bedroom where it turns those on so we go to bed. right? So we go into the bedroom and the lights are on dim. Um, And then eventually I will set other stuff in here as well. So like turn on do not disturb on my phone and like a bunch of things that you can add in to create these really large shortcuts and, like, I expect to do a morning one where it, like, I'm trying to build it now where I have Siri read to me what my appointments are today. Um, ideally, I would love to know, like, it could just tell me how many emails or give me some, some like, subject lines of emails that I've received overnight. Ask me if I want to play my most recent podcast or whatever. Like, I could maybe resume that. Uh, say to me, like, oh, hey, would you like to send a message to your mom? What do you want to say to her this morning? Like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And all of these things feel like they're possible with just the right amount of work to put into them. Mm. And I'm I'm very excited about building stuff like this because this is going to give me a lot of what I want Siri to do. Like, I don't necessarily want Siri to be smart. I just want it to be smart in the things I want it to be smart about. And a great way to do that is for me to program it in this way. And I'm really excited. I, I, I was apprehensive of the beta, Like, what is it really going to unearth? Mm -hmm. And I, for me personally, have lost one thing. And I genuinely believe that that one thing will be fixed come September by somebody else. Um, Mm. Everything else, I've got way more than I expected. And I always enjoyed using Workflow and tinkering around with Workflow. But I really believe that shortcuts is going to be an incredibly important part of the way that I get work done because it's going to be basically everywhere and, in theory, yeah. can control basically anything.
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I, I do think we always have that, uh, that I don't know, anxiety about this thing looks amazing, but what are going to be the limitations that we're not expecting when we actually get it into our hands? And you just never know because your mind starts running off with, oh, I'm, I'm going to be able to do everything. And then you like, oh, it's much more limited than I thought. But man, like shortcuts has been just everything workflow was and more. And it's the same thing. I found one thing that didn't work for me. And after a quick DM to Teachy, he <laughs> told me the little workaround. I was like, oh, I used to pull the text from a Dropbox file and it doesn't look like I can do that anymore. He's like, okay, here's what you need to do. Just like do these three things and then you're fine. I'm like, oh, great. All my OmniFocus templates work again. Thank you. So like just one incredibly minor thing was lost and so much has been gained. It's It's really impressive. And I was wondering, like, I wish I had the statistics on it, but i I think it is not an exaggeration to say that my use of Siri has increased ten thousand percent yep, yep, with yeah. the addition of shortcuts, and it's partly because I have been slowly converting all of my toggle launches into Siri commands, and I cannot like I'm not a person like I still find that there's a little bit of a resistance to giving the commands out loud like i still find it like this little bit of a mental burden to talk but man man do i love
0: setting the time tracker using siri it's so good so what if you've been like setting a bunch of individual shortcuts yeah right for different timers i plan to do this I'm gonna have like sixty, but like whatever. Yeah, there's.
1: I was trying to think: is there a way to do this by kicking off a little shortcut within a shortcut? And the answer was like, it's not really like there's no. It doesn't really save you any time. But yeah, basically, what I've been doing is anytime I'm about to start a timer, I try to do it with voice. And if I don't have the voice thing built, I'll just quickly change the few things that I need to for that one timer, All right? So like, I've I've replaced like. 90 percent of my most frequently used timers and of course there's a long tail on that of of like what else are the things that need to be converted but yeah i've built individual little workflows and we were talking in the last episode about having to figure out what a syntax is and i quickly realized that siri gets super confused if you're tracking time and you say something like hey siri start the cortex timer And Siri's like, I don't understand what cortex, like how long do you want the timer to set for? I was like, no, I don't want your timer. I want to start this. So I've ended up using the syntax track string. So I'll say like, hey, Siri, track cortex. Like track is the word that, works the best in my mind for what am I trying to do and then I have the word for like which timer is it supposed to kick off because if you're using the word timer Siri gets super confused lots of times about what what is it that you're attempting to accomplish but I just I love it I totally love being able to start the timer with Siri it's fantastic it even has me doing the thing which I've just never used before but the um the AirPods double tap to invoke Siri mm. which I hate and I think is an uncomfortable gesture, but man, is it great sometimes when I'm out and about and suddenly the context change of what am I doing and it's like to just like doot doot tap on the ear to get Siri to, to talk to you and tra- start the timer to switch the context of what I'm up to. I love it. It's so great, but it's, it really is a case. Like I have used Siri more in the past two months with the beta than i think i have used in the entire existence of siri up until this point Hmm. like there is there is no way that statement isn't true uh so it's it's like hey apple if you wanted us to use siri more this works uh like your siri stats have to be amazing at least for some set of of users including me
0: important announcement Colortex listeners, it is that time of year again. It is Relay FM Membership Month because we are in the wonderful month of August, and what that means is, of course, we have another amazing crossover with Upgrade, where we have the Snellatron return for a text adventure, and we will, of course, be playing a trailer. At the end of this episode, for the much desired from the both of us space station game, <laughs> we are going to space and we have a job to do. And you're going to hear at the end of this episode. So, please stick around so you can hear what you'll be getting if you are a Relay FM member. If you are not a Relay FM member, let me tell you why you should be. Relay FM memberships start at just $5 a month. And if you sign up to be a member, you'll get access to a bunch of members only content, which includes a monthly behind the scenes newsletter, wonderful 5K desktop wallpapers of Relay FM show artwork, and also a monthly Relay FM host crossover show where a couple of Relay FM hosts will get together and talk about a topic which means something to the two of them. Um, and As well as all of that, of course, you get access to a feed which is full of bonus episodes of Relay FM shows throughout August and September, including ours and all of the other bonuses that will happen across the network and all of the ones that have ever happened. So, as I said, this will be our third text adventure that we've played together. So, if you want to hear me and Grey in the Wild West, if you want to hear me and Grey in a spooky manner, and now (laughs) me and Grey in a space adventure you'll be able to do that. Now, the Space Station Text Adventure will be publishing on the 17th of August is when that's going to be going up. But whether you sign up before, on that day, or after, or any time, you will have access to that episode. So if you want to show your support for this show, go to relay.fm slash cortex, and you'll be able to find buttons there to sign up to be a member. Or you can find out more by going to relay.fm slash membership. Now, there is one important note that I do need to mention this time. So for this year, we have changed the URL of the feed that we use for that bonus content. If you are an active FM member, you're a current paying member, you will have gotten an email about that. So if you haven't changed the feed over, check your email. If you have previously cancelled your membership or you think you're a member and don't see that email, it means your membership may have lapsed and you'll need to sign up again to get the new feed to get yourself this text adventure. So if you sign up, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your support. Um, And again, you can go to relay.fm slash cortex and you can sign up to support this show right there. But what you're probably waiting for right now is to hear the trailer. So enjoy Space Station and we'll see you soon.
1: We were told the Space Station was too difficult for us. Was it or was it not? You'll be the judge. Thanks for listening.
2: Gray, Mike, welcome to Space Station. You wake up inside the cramped confines of a cryosleep capsule. You're still in your service uniform and have a world-class headache. A hypo injector
0: rests on a countertop
2: just within reach.
1: Okay, let's inject ourselves straight in the heart with the injector.
0: Let's not let's not be very specific about where it's gonna go. <laughs> let's just let the snellotron decide where that ends up being. Okay. There is one thing we haven't checked. Like, are we human? Do we know this? We don't know this. Yeah. It's... You could you
2: could examine yourself if you want. Yeah, examine ourselves. You are wearing the Regulation Green Technician's uniform, marking you as a member of the Planetary Action Research Science Exploration Corps, or PARSEC. And yes, you are a human being. You figured that out when you injected yourself with the hypoinjector. We only
0: know what we think we
2: know. Now you know your uniform is green. There is a robot here. Look at robot. You see a dog-sized robot designed to yes. perform repetitive or dangerous tasks. The name FROZ, F R O Z, is laser etched into its skin. Say,
1: "Hello, FROZ."
2: FROZ beeps and flashes its lights and twitches its mechanical arms. It's adorable. <laughs> I knew it would be. Mike, I've got four words for you.
1: Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> okay.
0: <Could> you- <laughs> oh, a uh, Snallotron. How many save slots do we have?
1: You have three save slots, as always. Mike, don't you dare! We've done nothing. Nothing has happened. I
2: agree with Gray in this case. <laughs> You've literally just wandered around I and learned wasn't things. We picked up a couple of. I things. just right. Right. wanted to know. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> Jeez.
2: You can see the mysterious Death World. Whoa! Some kind of alien warship is positioned nearby. All
0: right. What else? Is there anything else in the room?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Does
1: the view of the death world not... Is that not enough for you, Mike? Yeah, but I can't do anything with that.
2: Mike, what I lack in knowledge, I make up for with confidence. (laughs) Incoming message, unknown language. Please input language to translate. Input Frelian. It translates the message. Attention humans, surrender space station or be destroyed with gravity cannon.
0: I'm very nervous about this game. Right. Because... It all seems pretty simple.
2: The Frelion warship attacks the space station with a gun that fires black holes. The end. Oh. You have died. Can we press the
1: launch button on the escape pod with the mop?
2: No, you can't.